0: Welcome to the Boston Not Light podcast, where Nina Pfister and Lauren Gill, co-founders of MAG PR, a local boutique agency helping emerging brands and influencers gain exposure, build community, and achieve growth through public relations efforts. Each month, our Boston Not Light podcast features candid interviews with local women entrepreneurs who are making it happen. Our guest today is Nicole Bluefort, attorney and founder of law offices of Nicole M. Bluefort. Attorney Nicole Blueford is known for her aggressive representation as an experienced trial attorney leading a six-person law firm with offices in Lynn and Boston, specializing on family law, criminal defense, probate, and general litigation. Nicole is also an award-winning industry leader who has appeared on major networks such as CNN, ESPN, and Fox. Most recently, Nicole has been named the 2019 recipient of the Lynn Area Chamber of Commerce's Businesswoman of the Year Award, an award given each year in recognition of one's commitment to public service, philanthropy, and community. So Nicole, that was a mouthful and (laughs) what an amazing bio you have. Um, We're so excited to have you here. Um, Today we are going to explore the idea of transforming passion into profit for growth. But first, we would love to just hear more about your journey to entrepreneurship and what inspired you to get started.
1: All right. Well, my story is kind of interesting because I didn't plan to go into entrepreneurship at all. It was very, it was like an unanticipated path. So uh, I guess a little bit about myself. That's not in that long bio, right? <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Lynn. Um, I'm So I'd say lifelong Lynnner. I currently reside in Tewksbury. Um, and I went through like the public school system, graduated from Lynn Classical High School in 2002. I uh, thought I wanted to be a doctor, so I did the pre-med program for like a year. And the sciences weren't for me. The calculus definitely wasn't for me. So I went on this period of kind of self exploration where I was just trying to figure it out and that I can tell you although it was I guess mostly a struggle for me because I was always a person who felt like she knew where she was going Mm -hmm. and uh, for the first time in my life I really didn't know and I had that pressure as a first-generation college student of a family who says, hey, I'm supporting you, you know, going through college. That's my parents, right? And all of a sudden, you don't know what you want to do. Yeah. So I decided to say, you know what, as much as I love my parents, i got to figure this out, and I have to take my time. And during that uh, discovery phase, if you will, it wasn't until junior year that I figured out that I wanted to go to law school. Not even at that point that did I know I wanted to do entrepreneurship, but at least I had the direction of law that I wanted to do in. And I joined this organization called um, BALSA, Black Law Students Association, and I became their treasurer. And they had just different presentations from judges, uh, law professors do presentations and stuff. And I had learned that all along, had I paid attention to the things I had a passion for, along with my skill set, I probably would have discovered early on that, you know, I wanted to go to law school, but hey, that's what everybody has to do. Um, Go through. So fast forward, uh, now that I had that kind of part um, behind me that I knew I wanted to uh, study law, I went to law school, all of that. And then I clerked for the first African-American to be appointed to the Massachusetts Appeals Court. Wow. That was Justice Justice Frederick Brown. He gave me a two-year opportunity there. And I was applying for jobs um, before I got out because you know, you got to be smart about it. If you know you, it's going to end, yeah. uh, you know, at some point you got to be prepared. So I was doing everything that I, I knew to do, work hard at applying for jobs, and I, I didn't end up getting anything. I went and ended up going back home with my parents and then. I said after three months I've gotta do something because these loans are gonna be kicking in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My parents probably are not
1: gonna want me to be here for long and you know, (laughs) know, here's this pressure of going to all these prestigious schools, you know, you spent all this money, Nicole, like uh, isn't that doesn't that equate to a job? Mm -hmm. So I, I said to myself, I'm gonna create my own opportunity since the door's not opening for me, let me create my own opportunity. And I did just that. I was able to link up with um, who has now become my uh, long-term kind of mentor for business and things like that. Uh, His name is Attorney Donald Stewart. He really opened the door for me to say, Hey, I'll take you under my wing, mentor you, teach you how to do just, you know, build your law firm, how to advertise, how to do all these things. And that's how I really got into entrepreneurship. I was make a long story short, forced to go into it, (laughs) Um, but it was the best thing ever, because had a door opened someplace else, I would have never known how successful I could be as a woman entrepreneur.
0: That's amazing. Well, congrats on all your success so far. (laughs) It
1: wasn't the best (laughs) story at the time. (laughs) I read it. (laughs) Long tears at
2: the beginning. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Well, so once again, amazing accomplishments, right? But one thing everyone that's listening here is they're going through struggles. There's challenges that they're having. Can you share one major challenge today that you've experienced and managed to overcome as an
1: entrepreneur? Well, I think the first thing is the mindset. Uh, people think it's initially it's the business plan, it's getting the clients. I'd say way before that, you have to get in the right, you know, mindset. And my recommendation for people is is I know they get into coaches and, and things like that. I I just say before that, is this really for you, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, whether you have a mentor, whether you have a coach and you spend all this money or don't spend all this money, you yourself have to wake yourself up every day Mm -hmm. to do this. No one is knocking at your door saying, are you ready to do a nine to five schedule? It's got to be your passion, your love for this. That's going to have to carry you through. Do you have the mindset? And I think that's one part of it. But then finances is going to be difficult at first. Um, as much as I didn't enjoy, I love my parents, but I didn't enjoy being at home at that age, right? You know, you wanted to be on your own. You, you went to school and all that. You want to be independent and on your own, right? But I had to suck it up because I, I had to keep my expenses low. Mm-hmm. So do you have the ability to to be able to focus? Mm-hmm. So that's why I tell people don't just jump in. You've got to get your finances together, Whether it's maybe you have a husband, wife, whatever the situation may may be that can take care of all the bills and the expenses so that way you can really focus on it. Or maybe it's an opportunity like I did where maybe I work for someone and as I'm working for them, I'm building my uh, business Mm -hmm. alongside that so I wasn't having to worry about that. Yeah. Um, So I think the biggest challenge I had to overcome was the mindset and and that. And then last but not least, I know I'm saying a lot of things, uh, but again, all of it circling around mindset is is, – Being focused on the long-term goal, Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of people that, that doubted the situation and not really doubted me. I I can full hardly say that. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, uh, how hard it is. I had people say, you know, it's not steady income. How are you going to, how are you going to do this? Why it's so hard? Um, my parents honestly wasn't that supportive of that idea. They thought traditional employment was really the best way to go. It's, it's a scary path. It's a scary path. But I had to put that aside and say, you know, this is the circumstances I was put in. Can I honestly say that I thought I was going to, my mindset was I can do this at the time? No, definitely not. Because remember, I was forced into this situation. It wasn't that kind of mindset, but it was, you know, I want to be a lawyer at least. And um, this is what I'm going to do right now. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that ability to be able to say, you know, I know these people love me. I know these people support me. But, you know, to an extent, if it's something that's not going to help you, Get to where you need to go, you've got to be able to, um, you know, be very strong and independent and kind of push those things to the side. And had I not done that, I might not have been successful if I was really listening to those people saying, you know, it's not gonna work out. You gotta believe that clients are gonna come when clients are not there.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, you
1: have to be confident that that. this is gonna be fantastic, even when it's not fantastic. I had even people say to me, look at where you are, Nicole, you're in the small office. And when I was in it, I always envisioned a big office, and that's where I ended up being. And now you yeah. have two. Yeah, and now I have and now I have two. And even our main office in Lynn, it's like one huge office suite with multiple offices in there. But now we have two office suites with multiple offices in each. And I never even expected that kind of expansion. So you've got to see where you're going before you get there and understand that not everybody can vision it and see what you, what you see. But as long as you see it, that's more than enough.
0: That's really awesome advice, I love it. and I feel like it's. We hear so much nowadays about you know manifestation and visualization. I know this isn't one of like the prepped questions we talked about, but do, <laughs> do you do any kind of like journaling or anything like on the more like holistic side for goal setting? Do you go to like for for development Cause that's or is it just something that you feel is an eight in terms of being able to really see the path
1: and keep your keep your eyes on the prize type of thing I honestly don't do anything like formal Mm kind of ritual if you will like every single week do this but I do write down literally I can go on my phone right now and I have like a section about I have like financial goals because I have like a financial coach that helps me to create Financial goals. So, like for the week, I may say, you know what, every day or every other day, I'm going to accomplish this one thing. Because have I looked at that whole darn list, I'm going to be like, oh, it's overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Along with all the other goals I have health goals, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so, I would say to people is just to, even if it's not anything formal, just your phone, anything that you can utilize, that you can easily access, you're not going to lose. I think they always say, if you write it down, it's going to happen. It helps you Mm -hmm. to visualize that. And at least if you don't accomplish it, you can go back to it and say, hey, let me hit it again. Let me me try to do this again or let me start over again. But to have no goals, I I think you're not going to be able to be as as successful. You can still be successful, but I don't know if you're going to be as successful as you want to be because you don't have something constantly remind you of what those goals were in the first place. Definitely.
2: Is that accountability? Like you yeah. said, put it on paper and then you're accountable to yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So we know how strongly you believe in giving back. We've seen it through your vast philanthropic work, um, which really reflects your unwavering passion, which is kind of our theme for today. Um, can you tell us what has inspired you to get so involved in community efforts? I know you said you're a learner for life. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we, we can hear that it's, it's near and dear to your heart. So it you can is. Share a little bit more about that.
1: Yes. Lynn is definitely dear to my heart and forever will be, uh, no matter if I live there or not. Um, I think there's something to be said that I had left there for college and went to BC, all these great schools, and then ended up starting my practice there because I knew in my heart that um, I wanted to be able to get this education and, and the, the city of Lynn helped me to get there. But it, I, had, I felt like I had a responsibility to come back, and I, and I did just that. But in terms of like that whole, like how did I get into it and all of that, um, I want to say it picked up more once I went to Boston College, because one of the th- great things I love about BC, and we're hardcore BC people. I, went to, I went to BC so, also. Oh, oh, so you know, oh my <laughs> God, yeah. it's just an automatic thing. <laughs> you know, like a certain sort of level of credibility. So, yeah, it's like this top prestigious school, blah, 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 you've got it. it's hard to get in. But one of the core foundations, and I'm sure you agree, is they really strongly look at people that have a public service, community Mm -hmm. service background. And Mm -hmm. I I love that because they can say, you know, you can be this doctor or whatever, but it means nothing if you're not using your skills to give back to the community. Yes, you can be financially successful, have this work for this big corporate um, firm or whatever, but you have to be able to give back to those that are in need. And, you know, I did a lot of just different organizations with being able to give service trips and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And it was nice for the first time to be around other people that that you um, kind of just share those ideals. Right. But before that, I think living in in Lynn, it helped me to realize as I was kind of going forward, um, you know, the people that took the time to help me that didn't necessarily have to help me. So for example, like, you know how in high school you're assigned a guidance counselor, right? Mm -hmm. But I could, and you have to do an appointment, right? But I'm a go-getter. So I would never really (laughs) make an appointment. And any guidance counselor at any time, even though I wasn't their assigned kid, they would sit and work with me because they knew that I needed the financial help to get to college and they would just be able to help me. The teachers, when sometimes I didn't understand that, that would stay back with me and help me. Um, the people that I didn't know when I was just like, um, I think at Salem hospital, I did this little neat internship when I walked in there, didn't know anybody, but they saw this young girl who was eager just to see if they, if I could, uh, develop my interest in it and see if I actually wanted to do speech language pathology as I didn't want to do. But <laughs> hey, the whole point is, Hey, they opened their door for me. So, you know, like the city of Lynn, I just think about just the people who took the time to give back that didn't need to. And because of them. I, I feel like I owe so much to them. And sometimes when I tell people that, they're like, what are you talking about? You're the one who did the work. You're the one who did that. And like, yeah, but they, they opened up the doors for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't get educated myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had people reading my personal statements to go to school. I had, you know, people say, making sure I'm learning this or, or doing that or developing this school. I didn't do it alone. So as I I go through, and as busy as I am, and you guys know it, I still make the time. I don't care. It goes into my schedule for work just like it's it's, it's just as important as a trial or my client. I need to give my time either to a kid, whether I'm going to the high school to talk, or whether it's just having a lunch with somebody's child. Like, sometimes I get people that come in and say, hey, Nicole, I heard a lot of good things about you. Can you sit with my daughter? Mm -hmm. You never know. I may not impact that that person in any way but you know you never know how you're going to touch or who you can change Mm -hmm. or just because of what you said that can really impact a kid i can't tell you how many teachers i remember what they said or what they did for me that i'll always you know remember it's a responsibility that we all have to have it doesn't necessarily have to be financial if you can't get back financially that's fine but sometimes it's your time Mm -hmm. your time to me is more important than the finances
2: agreed yeah yeah definitely Amazing! Yeah. I love it. Um, So what do you believe are some of the common derailers that hold business owners back from taking a risk and following their passion? You talked a little bit about naysayers, but what Mm -hmm. else is out there and how can people overcome it?
1: The naysayers is definitely a big one. But besides that, I would say is the battle of the expenses. And I think that's going to be it. An ongoing challenge for any mm-hmm. entrepreneur. It's something I still, you know, kind of deal with, and it's just something that you always have to keep in check, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, what I mean about expenses is making sure you minimize that expenses at the beginning. And I think sometimes we get caught up in what does this look like to other people. So yeah. I gave you this that example of 100%. my office space, <laughs> right? So when I started. Again, I didn't have much. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the place that I started, I'll, I'll say it was at 444 Broadway Lynn because I'm so proud of it because, you know, I had very humble beginnings. it wasn't 60 State Street that people see today, right? But that's what, in my mind, that's what sometimes people, I thought, people expected. And that's what people are going to need to come to right. see that I'm great, to see that I'm fantastic, to see that I'm worthy the of image. their time, right? Yeah. The image, and I even got sometimes people saying, how are people even going to come here? It looked literally like a house on the outside. It was a mixed-use yeah. um, building. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah. So sometimes they look to for zoning issues to kind of look like the other places. It looked like a house on the outside, but the second floor was always commercial. Mm-hmm. So there was lawyers on that floor. Uh, now there's like a realtor on that yeah, floor. But there's it's very limited because of zoning purposes in terms of what you could put on the outside. So when I say there was... Nada on the outside, pretty much nada, yeah. except for this little sign on the outside that you had to go pretty close to it to, to see, Yeah, right? But that's an example where, hey, I couldn't afford the office suites that I'm in now on the 60th Street Street, but I had to say, I'm going to deal with what I can afford, mm-hmm. and I'm going to use another, other means for, to attract people to be able to come to me and... In my heart, I knew that at the end of the day, whether I was there or ended up at a 60 State Street, you have to be good at what you do. Yeah. That's what people really care about. So as people started to come in, I learned through really them that it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't matter. And they thought it was pretty neat. They thought it was cool. They were like, hey, yeah, there's a lot of parking here. I get, I get more people that complained about 60 State Street than what yeah. they did about that book. Totally. Because it was free. Yeah, You know, so yeah. honestly, people really don't care much about the image. So I think, again, going back to expenses, be mindful of expenses. At yeah. some point, you will get there. And think about even when you get there, even if it's really necessary, too. Mm-hmm. Don't spend it if if you don't have to. There's a lot of nice places you could be in, but if you have a business that you don't even have to have an office, then you do not even have it. What for? Yeah. What for? I've worked with people that are entrepreneurs that um, um, don't even have an office because they don't have to meet with clients and things like that. Right. But then why why spend it? Why have it, yeah. So we have to be strategic about that. I think um, another struggle that people have in businesses is the building the team part. That's so hard. And that's even a challenge (laughs) for me. And so um, you have to be honest with you. And I'm going to laugh when I say this because this is an ongoing struggle, right? You have to be honest as to where your skill set is. Put yourself where you are good at. Right. All right? So I'm good at social media, right? But I don't really have the time to do it. I'm not the best at it. Now I've hired someone, right? Yeah. Or was able to help me find somebody that skilled at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you're hiring people... Do you really need to hire people? Number one is the question. And then two, what are you hiring them to, to do exactly? And are they skilled at it? Yeah, Those are things that people need to pay, pay attention to. Sometimes people hire people just to hire people because it looks good to have a secretary. But yeah. can you really just do it? I really did everything at the beginning. Yeah, I went totally. to the post office. I was the person that gave you your coffee. I was the one that called you about your bill that you owe me. Yeah. I did everything. And mm-hmm. then when I started to become busier, I said, okay, what do I really need? Yeah. But I didn't hire that a person initially at full time either. Yeah. I said a part time until I could I could grow, but they also had the skill set to be able to do the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to be able to work independently. I didn't need to teach them anything because they went to school. They have previous experience.
0: Yeah. Um, How many people are on your team? We
1: now have seven.
0: That's great. People,
1: not even including some of the contract uh, attorneys that we have that support our firm. Amazing. So. Yeah, we, we grew very fast and we're eight years in... Uh, I was going to ask when you launched, yeah. Yeah, eight years in business. We officially lost December of 2011. So the end of this year will be uh, a full eight years wow! and it's it's been amazing eight years obviously ups and downs as you're going through yeah and that's also the challenge of you know you're going to have your ups and downs yes uh, but you have to remember (laughs) you you're going to have more so long as you 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 pay attention to the things that I mentioned the expenses and all of that you know in the mindset most importantly it's going to get you through those those downs
2: definitely all right it's rapid fire time are you ready I think so all right. What is one of the things you'd put on your bucket list?
1: Uh, I've been trying to get to Ch- Japan and Africa. Okay. We get Japan so much 2020. in yep. Yeah, Tokyo. Who do you admire the most? Michelle Obama. Love her.
2: What's your favorite hobby?
1: Traveling. And community service. That's a title. Yeah. That. I do, do love that.
2: Describe yourself in three words.
1: Bold. Strong confident
2: what would you do with your 15 minutes of fame give back one more let me find a good one here um what's your favorite show to binge on <laughs> <laughs> there was a new lawyer show that came out the other day I was it's just not gonna text even you.
1: lawyer's uh, it's Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, it's the mindless TV show, it's just, I don't know, it's I love interesting, it. up and coming hip hop people. I watch, watch
2: Real Housewives, I get it. Oh, okay, Real Housewives of yeah. Atlanta, yep, yep, I just caught up
1: on that actually, over the weekend, <laughs> i Glad we're all on the
0: same page. yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, since our time is almost up, can you leave us with one final piece of advice for anyone who's just getting started? You've left us with so many awesome nuggets, but if there's one thing you'd like to close with that you think would help our audience out, that would be great.
1: Absolutely. And this is actually something you don't have to buy or do. Um, no matter where you are in your journey, journey, whether it's at the beginning or you're an experienced entrepreneur, you've been in business like me for maybe eight years or even longer, sometimes it can be somewhat lonely in the process because Mm. it's your own thing, but it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. So I always say that, um, you know, you're going to have those challenges and things like that, but what can help you through is talking to people that have been there and done that. I don't know where I would have been if I didn't have my mentor. And again, this is stuff that that money doesn't, if you want to get a coach, great. But I'd say if you could just be brave enough to create that relationship with someone. So in my example, let me just give you an example um, I have you know people that within my years of experience that have their own law firm that I speak to for advice and things like that when it comes up to challenges about anything right then I have like I always mentioned my mentor who has 30 years of experience that I could just pick up the, the phone and call and bounce ideas off of. because if you get just stuck in your own bubble I think mm-hmm. and you're not open to hearing somebody's feedback I don't know how you're going to grow. Yeah. I'm not saying that you have to be impressioned by and do what other people are doing, but I think you're doing yourself a disservice, um, and not being able to grow. If you're not getting other people's perspectives, Mm. you can still get that and be in entrepreneurship and be strong and be bold and do your own thing, but get perspectives. Um, so I would say whatever, you know, um, service industry that you, your, uh, business provides, your company provides, get, uh, Two mentors or more. One, at least that would be long, uh, you know, many years in the business. And then one that I would say is maybe matches what how long you've been in the business. That, That would be my recommendation.
0: That's yeah, great. That is good advice. Well, thank you again so much for today. I know I learned a lot. Yeah. It went fast. It does. I told you. are <laughs> short and sweet. Um, can you just share with um, our listeners how they can get a hold of you or find you online?
1: Sure. So you can reach the Law Offices of Nicole M. Bluefort online at www.bluefortlaw.com. That's B-L-U-E-F-O-R-T-Law.com. Or you can feel free to give us a call at 781 781- Five nine three one nine five two. 1952 Thanks again. Thank you.